Hi, this is the Social Jello with Angelo show. My name's Angelo. I'm a social scientist, surfer, martial artist, and a whole lot of other things. Coming to you live from Kasai City, Japan, the Social Jello with Angelo show. What's up, and welcome to Social Jello with Angelo podcast. Today I'm here with GM Kinji. This is part of a special series. I'm going to pull up my notes, make sure I don't mess this up. The Kaju Kembo Belt Requirements series. It's a brand new series, and this is the first video of the series. So one of my guests, oh no, my guests, one of my listeners contacted me and wanted to know, because Kaju Kembo is, oh my gosh, I'm trying to try not to fall into the what is Kaju Kembo. I've done this too many times. Let's just say that at the end of this episode, there's a what is Kaju Kembo podcast where I get together with a group of people, panel of people, and they talk about that. So if this is your first episode of Social Jello with Angelo podcast, I hope you enjoy it. Kajakembo is a martial art coming from Hawaii. And that's as far as I'm going to go with that because I want to give as much time to GM Kinji to explain these requirements before we get started. So a quick wrap up. This series, because Kajakembo has so much liberty amongst its practitioners, to put it lightly, every different method and school has different requirements depending on where you come from. So my listener was very confused and wants me to break this down. Now, I don't know. This might be like a lifetime project for me because there's so many Kajikembo schools out there. But I will try my best to get some leaders in the Kajikembo community to come in and explain what their belt requirements are. And I'm going to tell just a quick disclaimer. These belt requirements are by these schools. And as you go through these series, you'll probably notice some similarities and differences depending on the person I interview and the school and background and methods they come from. Huh. I feel like a damn lawyer. Okay. So, <laughs> so now that I got this all out of the way, I want to say a big mahalo and thank you to GM Kinji for coming out and sharing the requirements. Uh, GM Kinji, just real quick, uh, for those people who know, don't know you, uh, what are you all about? Where are you coming from? Um, what part of the tree? Well, people that don't know what the tree is, uh, there's a cardinal the lineage, if you yeah. want to make it really easier. Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. I look forward to this, and I've watched your other podcasts, and it's there. I like the ones with John Hackleman. That's a, that's a good guy right there. Uh, so I started Kaji Kimbo in 1962 under uh, Carlos Bunda, or great grandmaster Carlos Bunda. Uh, he studied under John Leoning, the late John Leoning, and John Leoning was the guys that created Kaji Kimbo in Hawaii. In the 1940s so he's a part of the c joe and all the rest of the guys that came from there uh i've had my school now for 42 years i actually started i got my black belt in 68 and in 1969 i started teaching in a garage i started teaching in my brother's garage for about four years then i went to my in-laws garage for about another four years then in 1981 i decided to open up a studio uh but it's an art that i love you know and i've like I say, right now I'm 77, yeah, 77 down, 77 years old, <laughs> and um, active, still active today. In fact, uh, in Las Vegas at the last tournament, I competed in forums in the 50 and above division. I took third place. You know, these guys were 50 years and above, and if, if somebody didn't beat me, there was something wrong out there. You know, because I'm not half of what I used to be back then. But uh, I'm active. I enjoy it. Uh, like I say, we've opened our school, had it for 42 years. In 2011, I actually turned the school over to my son, Professor Ron K Robert Kidgey. And uh, after that, I had idle time, and I didn't realize how much I missed Kajikimbo when I didn't have to go down there. 
So I actually started a three year, three, four year old division of a class, a four or five year old class, and a five to six, six year old class. And the seven year olds, they go to his class. And uh, it's, it's been great, you know, staying busy teaching. And three weeks ago, this is uh, December the 1st, I had probably my last black belt that I had this from white belt up to black that just got his black belt. It was, it was a student. He got his junior black belt. He came back after 15 years and said, hey, I want to get my black belt. I said, okay, well, it's going to take you about two years, even though you got your junior black belt back then. But he got it. And it was a great test. So that's basically what I'm about. I'm active. I teach. I travel around. I do seminars. Uh, you know, I don't uh, promote people. I don't go around saying this is federation and this, all that there. I, I just go out and teach. And that's what I love, love to do. That's well, what I'm about. Well, congratulations to your student. Uh, what was your student's name? The one that just... Pardon me? The, oh, Elijah, student... Elijah Gray. Elijah Gray. Congratulations, yeah. Elijah Gray. Yeah, he, was, he was on Facebook. That's an awesome yeah. accomplishment. So, if someone were to walk in to Kinji's Kajakambo right now, what would they have to do? What would they have to learn to work through the way through their system? And I'm going to let you... You could say you could answer this question however you like. If you want to break it down by belt, you can. Or if you just want to jump straight to the black belt and talk about everything you're looking for in a black belt, I'll let you yeah. figure out what you want to say for that one. It's not a problem. So if let's say an adult comes to the school, twenty year old, twenty five, thirty year old, whatever, uh, and they want to join the school, usually they don't ask how long does it take to get a black belt or anything. They want to join the school and learn. But if they do ask, which I've had people do. I say it, it probably takes between five or six years of being there at least three days a week constantly to get your black belt. Uh, you go just like everybody, yellow, orange, purple, blue, green, brown, and black. For each one of those belts, you should be learning a form. And when I say learn the form, not just do the form. You should understand the fundamentals of all the forms, you know, you know exactly what you're doing because when we teach form, you're fighting multiple attackers. Uh, we concentrate on our, the first lessons on somebody is their footwork. And I guess some people call it the clock. We, 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 we call it the octagon. And we have four directions in that octagon. We got up, down, sideways, and in a 45 degree angle. So they have to learn all the foot movement. Uh, just like a boxer, you can't block all the punches coming at you. When you see people doing blocks and stand up there and hold your hand up and then waiting two seconds, then pop, pop, pop. They wait a couple of seconds. That stuff don't work in real life. You know, I mean, it's just like the reason they created Kajikembo to make it realistic. Uh, you know, for instance, uh, Tang Sudo, which is a part of our system. In a, in real life, I mean, Chuck Norris was a great person and had was a great martial art a tournament fighter, full contact fighter, and a actor. But in real reality, I've never seen him throw that back spinning heel kick and hit somebody in the head in a ring. <laughs> you could do it on TV. <laughs> You know, but in real life. So they took stuff like that, threw it out of the system and said, hey, we're just going to go to these things that are practical. So we teach that practical part about Kajikimbo. We teach the fact that you have to understand that you're going to get hit. Being hit doesn't always mean it hurt. So if we get into a fight, we're going to get hit. We're going to get hit and we're going to get hit. Nobody gets away without getting hit. So we get them over the fear of fighting, get over the fear of contact. Uh, through that process, we teach them all their self-defense techniques. So you have X amount of self-defense techniques for each belt, X amount of uh, grab, the knife, 
techniques for each belt and uh it all accumulates to the time for your black but one thing that we do which i know a lot of other studios don't do so let's say you've been with me for three years and you're going through your green belt requirements well you will be doing all your white belt yellow belt orange belt and purple belt and blue belt requirements because i want to make sure you didn't forget any of those requirements and then you'll do your green belt stuff so we we tell people hey whatever you learn the first day you keep it for the rest of your life now when i have my black belts test up for their second degree their third degree they say well what am i going to have to do i said i don't know <laughs> i'll tell you test day <laughs> you know i mean just everything i know that you're supposed to know just be prepared to do it if you can't you guess you won't be ready to test so that's basically the the foundation of x amount of forms up to that certain point all your time on the floor and then our brown belts requirement for the black belt is the brown belts have to give back so they have to be able to teach so we give brown belts a few white belts when they come in and i said i want to see you prepare these people for their yellow belt and you know this actually makes them a better brown belt because teaching makes you a much better martial art because you teach right yeah so <laughs> yeah. you have to set you have to set by example because you teach right so that's that's basically our foundation so if i were to break it down how many how many self defense techniques i guess cuz you mentioned you mentioned punch I'm write this down punch grab knife you said knife too right yeah knife stick takeaways club okay so about how many we'll just start with punch about how many how many punch self defense techniques does a black okay. belt need to know so we have our version of john leoning of uh, uh 11 punch arts 11 grab arts then we have the traditional 11 punch arts and 11 grab arts so that we're right now we're at 44 then we have what we call rotations and then you have another 10 so we're at 54 right there okay and that was just and, we're just talking about punch grab right now right that's the, <laughs> just, they're, they're, they're still punching grabs all of those okay okay so we have the traditional punch and grabs then we have some variations of punch and grabs and then we have one more variation of punch and grabs right. so we're already like at about 10 23 we're at 60 about six, yeah. so about 30 for punch and 30 for grab right there right and you, you have some that you know when a person is stepping in throwing a left right combination then you have somebody that's holding the ground and unloading the right hand so there's a difference you know how the guy attacks you okay so follow-ups in 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 different sequences and then for the knife about how many knife different we, we have 10 10 knife and 10, 10 stick takeaways And okay. now, yeah, when we teach the knife and stick takeaways, we always tell the students, this is going against a non-knife fighter or a stick fighter. Because a lot of stuff you see people teaching with knife and sticks, you'll get cut to death, you know, in real life. Because <laughs> you got to, you know, I tell people if a guy comes at you and he has the knife in his left hand out and he's standing in front, well, you got a good chance to take that knife away and beat him down. <laughs> if he has the knife in the back, with his other hand out in front, you're, you're probably in trouble. And if he has a Filipino style with his knife in the back, you're probably going to get cut up pretty bad. So you have to recognize the person that you're fighting. Is he a, Does he know how to use the knife? Does he know how to use a six? You know, so we used to say the guy has a picks up a 
board. He picks up a bat, right? Now, if I'm walking down the street right now and I see some a screamer guy want to rock around, I'm, I'm gonna get away from him. I don't want him breaking my knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always a shocker to a student when you actually put them from okay, here's our here's our knife defense technique, and then okay, now we're gonna do a drill where the person's actually trying to stab you. Let's 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 put this into action there's always like that shock in the student like oh my gosh this, exactly this, this pace exactly. is totally different from what i thought it was gonna be so and, look, oh go ahead and, and you know one of the most important things is that we tell the students in fact i'm gonna ask you the question what's the purpose of learning self-defense techniques grab arts punch arts to defend yourself that's okay. to defend it's yourself act- in, a, in, a, in a real situation that's that's why you should be learning it in my opinion and, and, and actually what it is you're right on defending yourself, of course, but what it is is to help you develop a reflex at a reaction. I might have punch art one and two, you know, and I may have never used it in my life, but I might have used a combination of those. So the most important part about learning these self techniques is the reality of me really punching at you, but for me to react, how to react, how to react. You know, uh, you 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 studied uh, with the uh, under the Abad lineage and. So if you guys have this traditional where you grab a guy's arm, strike him in the face, push him off. Well, using that, for example, is uh, a guy might come at me. I might go, oh, no, no, please don't grab me. And he grabs a hold of me, you know, person untrained would be like, oh, no, but I'll do it like this and strike him. So it just it just helps you develop a reaction, a reflex, a response. And that's the whole purpose of it. You may never use one that you learned. I've never seen anybody in a MMA ring. <laughs> use anything <laughs> yeah well you know it's it's funny right when, when you break down it, it comes it comes it, i say you might not ever use one but you'd be surprised you might not use one whole sequence because you know we always have like these sequences with different steps sure. you might not use the whole sequence but you'll definitely see one or two or maybe three parts of those sequences in, in the people that we train and sometimes when i'm looking at mma footage i'll see stuff i'll be like hey that's sure that's punch number two in our system it's not the whole thing but it's the beginning part of punch number two instead of doing the down block they did a parry but the principle is the same it's it's, it's the exactly same, it's the same thing so exactly looking at your at your system here if i counted this right we had about 60 for punch and grab 10 for knife that's 70 and that's 80 is that right 80 yeah okay all right, I got it. But well, the math is not my strongest subject, but <laughs> those are easy <laughs> numbers to round. <laughs> you know, and, and, yeah, but like I say, it's it's uh it's a lot of stuff, you know. But you do them over and over again. And like I said, we our classes, uh, regardless of what belt level, we 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 do things over and over and over. We do number one. If if I'm getting ready to teach, say number seven. Well, before I teach seven, I have everybody go because I mean, we're talking about like advanced class. Everybody's going to go through one, two, three, four, five, six. And I want to make sure they know now we go to seven. So that's one of the things that, that uh, we do a lot of. Now, so we got the defense out of the way. How many forms by the time they hit black belt? Because you were saying one form per belt. So my my quit estimate was maybe wait eight, eight? From our from our lineage from John Leone, we have eight traditional forms. Oh, okay. All right, eight traditionals that uh, was brought from Hawaii. John Leone was the first person to come from Hawaii and bring Kaji Kimball to the United States. He was the first person to come over, 
And my teacher always says he never had time to change anything. So that's where our forms came from. We have also some Google forms in there. And we have a couple other forms that are related to Kajikimo, but they're not our traditionals. But our black, and then we, our, our black belts have to know, I think it's 13 forms. Besides their traditional eight. And they have the one called the flamingo, which is a Chinese form. Yeah. So we have the eight traditional ones. And then, so five more other right. forms on top of the other original. Of, of yeah. Those original eight, are those part of like, do they look anything like the Pinyon Palama sets? Or is that? Oh, they are. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's check <laughs> Number one, block, block, block cross block cross block grab punch yeah they're there you know one thing when, when you see kaji kimball if the pioneers everybody changed a little something here or there uh if i'm a judge at a tournament and a guy's doing kaji kimball form i'll recognize something i have to I, you know if not if I'll, I'll say hey i don't know where you got that form but this is represent kaji kimball now i was in south carolina and a group over there what in fact they're under uh they came from the bod lineage herb 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 what's his name one of uh alan abad's best guys in fact tony to, uh al oh no rod rod uh knows him real well we went to south carolina and these guys wanted to make sure they were kaja kibble so i went down there and i watched them do this seminar and i went oh okay then i watched the tournament then about eight of them came to my room afterwards and said hey what do you think about this and I said, hey, you know, you guys got the Aloha spirit. Everything was great. But I only saw one person do anything that was related to Kaja Kempo. You know, and one guy had about 20 students. They were running around. They had black T-shirts on, uh, yellow T-shirts on, green T-shirts on. And so I said, hey, you know, the guys with the black T-shirts, are they black belts? He goes, no. And I said, why do they have black T-shirts on? Because Kaja Kempo tr traditionally is red and black. Students wear black T-shirts. Uh, black belts wear red T-shirts. And we are so strict at that at our school. You do not, nobody will walk in that school with a black t-shirt on if they're not a black, uh, black belt. I mean, I've yelled out and screamed, hey, get out, take, take that shirt off before you come in here. I don't, it might be raining outside. You do not come in there with a shirt like that because I know what everybody had to work through to get their black belt, that black t-shirt. When we have our tests, it's always funny because after all the beat downs and all the stuff and all the sweat and all the tears, and we go through the celebration and we tie their belt on them and everybody hugs and stuff, everything is over. And I go, Oh, Hey, forgot something. And I bring out the t-shirts and that's when the guys just break down. I mean, that, that to me, that's the biggest part. So to us, black t-shirts, if you're not a black belt, don't wear one of my school. <laughs> I'm old school, old fashioned. <laughs> As you know, I'm in Japan. So one of yeah. the hardest things is uh, is getting between Japanese culture, American culture, getting them to understand American culture, yeah. and then having... I mean, it's difficult explaining Kajikembo to an American, let alone a Japanese person. So I'm always telling them, there's some things that I'm not that strict on, but I remind them, hey, if you go to some other Kajikembo school, though, and you do that, you'll get kicked out. Like, <laughs> anything I, sometimes they think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like I'm, I'm a little lax, and I'm telling you guys, I'm a little lax. But you go somewhere else, and you do something like wear a black t-shirt. Don't tuck in your t-shirt. This, this shit's gonna come back to haunt you. Like <laughs> I'm just oh, yeah. warning, I'm just warning you right now. And then, sure enough, I took one of my students out to 
to visit uh, John Hoylo, he comes from the Gaylord method, to go do a cross training with them. And one of my students, who's a police officer, <laughs> so he should know better. He forgot to tuck in his t-shirt. He got called out so quick. And, and he looked at me and I looked at him like, I told you, I told him this had happened. Like, <laughs> and then somebody jump, hey, what do you have? A dress on? <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't play with that either. That's that's uh yeah, that's it right there. So so far we said 13 forms, eight, and then for those of you who are not cause you can we're trying to keep up with this, uh the pinion. Oh yeah, do you call them pinions or palamas? We call them forms. You call them forms, okay. So you the, know, the, yeah, yeah, that's funny because all that sifu, sigun uh pinions in 1962 there was no such thing when i talked to my teacher my my teacher who was great grandmaster carlos Boone now i call him carlos john leone his teacher hey john we didn't do the titles and stuff like that we didn't do the conjugal prayer uh we were strict about our training uh the discipline but we didn't have all the titles in fact i think it was around 1980 something when I was called Sipu, and I remember I was at Ralph's Market, uh, big market out here, and over the intercom, I heard him say something about Sipu, and I'm looking around, I'm going, were they, were they know I'm in the market or something? But they were talking about the Sipu section. <laughs> but we we didn't use those titles. That it's it's over the years, it's it's came more because everybody's got more educated about what Kajikepu is and and what the tradition is and the language and stuff like that. Sipu, Sigun. So you know, it's I appreciate it now. But uh, I don't make a lot out of it. And then, so okay, so you so you just pretty much just call them the form one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, exactly. eight, nine, ten. You yeah. simplify it that way. Um, then we have one that's called beginner's form, which is the first form we teach. It's it's has all the kinds of couple stuff in there. It's almost like the clock. And then we have kung fu forms. There, you know, uh, one's called the fubingo. You know, and uh, yeah. In all fact, right. uh, your number eleven is called the dance of death right the no okay so <laughs> in my in in the system i came from so the way uh, i told you earlier like you gotta be careful what to say because you don't want to get people mad <laughs> so, I'm gonna, <laughs> so i'm just gonna that's my display i'm gonna have to display myself on this one <laughs> so, <laughs> so oh. <laughs> I don't know if this is gonna ruffle any feathers, and I'm just gonna throw it out there. And sorry to now Professor Ronnie Sugiri <laughs> if this ruffles feathers. And I'm sorry, brother. You, you're gonna say it in his system. In his system, um, he goes. He calls them palama sets, mm -hmm. and he goes for us, for me in particular, and he changes things per student. This is where things get confusing because some students, and he always says, if you got a black belt from me uh, 10 years ago, my new black belt may look different from the 10 year ago black belt. Cause you know, you know him, he just keeps learning more forms. Like he's a, he's yeah. an animal. He just keeps going and going and going and adding like and that. adding and adding and adding. So, so, so I probably have a different set of forms. He always says, Agile's got a different set of forms. Cause he's, that's what he was here from this part that time. And I started learning that and I added this. So for me, now I just say that out there. That, that, I'm giving you. Hopefully, I'm giving him enough wiggle room <laughs> to explain this later. <laughs> For me, hey Ryan, I asked a question, so don't get mad at him. Oh, uh, anyway, yeah. and, and Angie, don't get mad at him. Uh, the, the best part is, I'll probably whatever I'm about to say, he might come back and be like, 
it's not seven. I taught you eight. You forgot number eight. I was like, <laughs> well, what I'm going to say is he taught me six. He okay. taught me six Palama sets. And I remember the day, because I think when I started, there was three. Yeah. He's probably getting mad. He's going to get so mad at me about this. When I started, there was three. And uh, and one day, he went to go work with, uh, with Rod Rod. And he came back. It might have been Rod Rod. It might have even been Alan. And he came back. And he was like, we're going to do five. I know I told you all you had to learn three. We're going to go to five now. So right. we're going to have five Palama sets now. And I think he went out and maybe... Maybe he, like I said, he brought him in. I'm like, all right. So there, now we got five, and we have another form called Chito. So for us, for me, actually, I could say us, and I'm trying to not say us because there's probably other guys that have more. I got six. I got six Palama sets. Six. Okay. And uh, number five it's, 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 is is a variation of uh, open five, hand. Five, five, and six closed and open hand. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, and that's where he stopped with me he got six and then i have a bunch of other kung fu forms so i don't have 11 and then he told me if you want to get up to the higher numbers um you can let me know if you want to do that and i respectfully declined now <laughs> so i don't have number 11 i don't have number 11 and, and answer okay. to your, does it, but i the, the dance now the funny thing is you said the dance of death now i'm gonna wonder if the dance of death is the same dance of death <laughs> that i was shown i was shown something called the dance of death during a self-defense um, follow-up, where after you've thrown the guy down, you start working different knee drops and legs, like stomps, stomps and ground and pounds from different positions, from okay. uh, from south, north. Like you go around and you strike the guy in a circle while he's down. Yeah. And so, I'm wondering if that's the same dance of death. No, that's no, like, that's a little that's different. different. That's yeah. okay. It's one where you go like this and you go like this. Anyway, so okay. you know, with with when it comes to the, the forms, like uh, the late Alabad, Gary Forback, and myself, we all our forms are pretty close to being identical. Just very very little changes, right? Then they have these forms that were added to it. Like I said, our, the ones that we had added, they Gary and them would recognize or Alan would recognize. So, yeah. Uh, in Hawaii, their form number eleven was is the form that you do when somebody passes away. I did that at C Joe's at C Joe's uh, funeral in Maui, and uh, it's a strong form that you know I, I try to wake him up in his coffin. You know, that's it, a strong hard form, but it's called the dance of death. And to us, it's our number eight. But everybody has a little different something, like I said earlier about their forms, and you know nobody's requirements are the same from one school to another school. Now, anybody that's under my system, then their requirements are all the same. I, I work with these guys in Texas. I work with the guys in uh, Boston and, and Massachusetts. And so they're learning all my forms, all of our self-defense techniques. Yeah. And now, now I'm wondering even more, because I know, <laughs> and I, know, I don't, I don't want to make this so, so personal, I go, but I'm still, now I'm wondering, is your form number one, is the opening, the Kajakembo, you know, you, you start up, you do your kick, you do your salute, you do your uh, your X block, and you start right. with the cat stance punch? Is that? No. Okay. We do. Right. Ours after the cross block, we step back, outward block, step back, downward block, inward block, then we walk forward, cross block, cross block. All right. So the only the only difference is that first 
<laughs> the only difference in mine is that first stop, that that first cast ass punch, and then right after that, that whole sequence you just mentioned is thrown in. So you the know, exact the exact same blocks, same sequence, same to the one side to the other side, everything from there. Just that first beginning is different. I, 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 but I always say because I did this with uh, with John Hoylo from the Gaylord Method, and we sat there and did our first set. And we did it. We did a video of it, and you can find it on on YouTube. I think it's on my channel and his channel. Yeah. And we were looking at it, we're like, this part's different, but at, there's a section here where we're both doing the exact same thing, and then you do something a little different here, a little different there, but then at the very end, it looks exactly the same here. <laughs> so yeah, I did it in Hawaii with uh, with Clarence Luna used to have his uh, memorial services or, or for C. Joe, and so I had eight professors and grandmasters i think it was eight or ten all come up and i said we're all going to do our number one pinion together i said but i know everybody has this they do this and they do a bunch of little other things before they go back to the step back block so i said i'm going to count one and on one you do whatever you do until you get to the point before you're ready to step back and uh so i said one everybody did all it boom boom you know i came back to my stance and some people were still moving, had about three little extra movements. Then we started off, pow, all the other movements, you know, and it just shows that there's a little variation, but not a whole lot. But I, you know, I, I don't know where a lot of the people have these other movements that they do a lot of different things before they start the form. Horse stands, come straight up, drop back down, and, you know, yeah. They're, they're just trying to show off. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's showtime. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't know. If, are you were you aware that you know I I really helped Angie, Ron, uh, all these guys get you know because they were when Alan passed. You know, of course, you know the history of Alan dropping out of Kajikempo and starting his own system, and a lot of guys like you know, I, I can't give up my eighth degree, you know, to go down to a third degree in a different system. But uh, they were kind of like just on their own. So I came through and I helped Philip Dang, Angie, and all those guys get to the recognition where they're supposed to be. Even even the girly about got her had to make sure she got her promotion up to Grandmaster. Uh, I believe in when somebody is learning something from somebody and that person has passed away or they have nobody nobody else that they don't need to go under somebody else. They could just carry the the, the carry on the lineage of the person they trained with. And that's that's what I usually end up doing a lot of. And you know, not not to completely lose everyone who <laughs> doesn't know the background. And if you don't, I interviewed Angie and she talked about that. So if you're, uh -huh. if you're looking at if you're looking at this show again, if you go into my Kajakembo method series or my Kajakembo interviews, she's there and she talks about how after um after her father passed away, a lot of stuff got lost. Like he had everything written down. And before he passed, I was at those last few meetings. I, I was I was lucky enough to be there and hear him talk about what he wanted to see happen after he passed. And he had it all written down, and a lot of that stuff got lost in a fire. So it was really just one tragedy after another sure. with that family. So it's really it's really good to hear about well, you know, the the support that they got from the community to continue yeah. moving forward. Um, <clears throat> but I'm gonna try to. Reel us back to the topic. <laughs> back into the requirements. Yeah, back back to our requirements. <laughs> so, right. So so far, if I if I if I was listening correctly, um, we have our eight forms, our eight basic forms, and you added a few more, hitting thirteen. 
we summed it up to be about uh, 60, 70, 80 self-defense techniques. And um, what else are you looking for? So far, we've summed up techniques and forms. What else are you looking for for your for your black belt once before you before that happens? One of the most important times is his time on the mat. His time that he's given back, also, you know, uh, like I said, they they as brown belt requirements, they have to learn how to teach. They got to make sure they're able to teach, able to do what they're teaching. Uh, time on the mat, you know, like I say, all the most important thing is. All the footwork, all the basic footwork, all of, you know, everybody can punch and kick, but it's all the footwork is what's going to get you to where you are right now, to that black belt. So it's 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 a journey. That's all there is to it. It's a journey. You know, and I, I carry the kendo stick, and when I'm teaching them 45 or cast dance, I come swinging at the top of their head, you know, and I mean, I'm swinging and they know it because I'll watch them and they'll be doing the movement. And I say, that that's all you got? I said, if you, you're not going to give me 100%, and I said, well, here, give me that stick. And I stand over, I say, ready, boom, bam. And all of a sudden they just picked up stuff. So I try to make them understand, you know, I I, teach, I preach this, how you practice is how you turn out. You know, you practice weak, you're gonna turn out weak. You practice strong, you're gonna turn out strong. Simple as that. It's written all over our school. <laughs> so, but yeah, the what... eight requirements, the eight forms, all the self-defense techniques. Now, when a person goes from his, first to the second to the second to the third or something like that he doesn't have to do all those you know he has to show me i, I want to see all his forms for sure and then i give get a combination of give me some punch arts some grab arts you know like that what about in terms of uh fighting sparring what are you looking for for your belt requirement out of someone who's going to test for their black what kind of ability what should they? What are you looking for out of them in that in that area? Yeah, be ready to take ass whipping because <laughs> it's gonna happen, <laughs> and we make sure of that. <laughs> but no, they, you know, the the, uh, the whole process of coming from white to black belt, it's all combined. You're gonna be fighting all the way through. So I know by the time that you take your black belt, I know that you can fight. I know that you because otherwise I'm not gonna have you test. You know, and I know. And then when we have our black belt test, I don't know if you ever seen it on on Facebook. Thing we have thirty black belts, twenty five black belts there, and they're 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 chomping at the mouth waiting for the fighting time. So we make the brown belts that are getting ready for their test. They have to fight each other very hard. Street the point fighting, the street. We do a lot of street fighting. You know, so by the time they finish fighting each other, now it's time for the fights of black belts. And they're tired. Their geese are soaking wet. Their arms hurt. These fresh black belts try to kill them. They just beat them down. <laughs> so it's just being able to take it and, you know, just just love what you're doing. And then the uh, what are the rules for that sparring? Uh, you mentioned you mentioned uh, a distinction between point point sparring and street fighting. What mm -hmm. are the what are the street fighting rules for your sparring? Street fighting rules. Oh, oh, you can't gouge eye. Can't make somebody blind. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, it's a street fight. Takedowns, you know, uh, beatdowns. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 serious business. <laughs> yes, that's, uh, something I always I'm, tell my students is that the rules define the fight. Don't forget, don't forget the rules define the fight. And they ask me, well, 
what's the difference between MMA sparring and Kajakembo sparring? And I'm like, well, uh, let's just, this is very similar to you said. I said, no, no serious biting. Yeah. And no eye gouging. Right. And I don't want anyone going, I don't want anyone going to the hospital for some sort of serious surgery like that when we're done here. I wonder. Well, I, don't, I don't want you to break, I don't want you to kick the guy in the knee and try to break his knee. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want anyone going to the hospital. But you can kick him in his thigh, <laughs> kick him in his calf, hurt the shit out of him, you know. Yeah. But yeah, let's not try to break anything or gouge and make somebody blind. Yeah. And you know, at, at, like I said, from white to black, people have developed the skills and they know what you know what what they can do and what they shouldn't do and so we're going to be doing some real tough body body shots especially and head shots especially my son robert you know he's sitting over there he just can't wait you know because he's the king of the throne uh the throne right now down there and he's just we, we got in fact that the last black belt test that he had the one i had the guy that got his black belt robert spar would touch him up pretty good right then afterwards went to bow and the guy we're like, oh, yeah, that's it. And I went, oh, my God. He don't know what a mistake he just made. Robert said, okay, yeah, we'll go a few more minutes in. And that, that guy afterwards, he said, Ben, I'm so sorry I did that. Because <laughs> Robert can hit very hard. He'll he'll, he'll punch your body out. <laughs> but there's a lot of spirit down there. <laughs> well, I think, um, is there anything I missed? Is there anything? Is there anything you feel you missed? in that as far as someone starting from the very beginning to the very end and what you're looking for out of them at your school? I don't think so. Like I say, it's, 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 you know, uh, the journey is five to six years. I mean, you know, you can go someplace and get a black belt in two years and come down to my studio and my orange belts will whip your ass, <laughs> you know? Uh, but uh, it's, everybody has their own way of doing things. You know, I can't knock anybody else's way of, you know, having uh x amount of forms or self-defense you know you do what you do just when you tie on that belt you know everything has to do with integrity and, and i know that when people tie on their belt at our school they've earned it they actually appreciate what they did and i always tell them you got your black belt january 2023 you'll earn it january 2024 because it takes a year to grow into it you know and uh it don't happen overnight it still takes a while to grow into all right so, and that's that's one thing I want to tell everyone listening again. The reason I'm making this series is not to cross compare because I've had other people try to do that once. I figured out I did a whole other series based yeah. on someone trying to cross and compare. Oh yeah, the Kaju Kembo Method series, which is a different series where I have the person break down uh, their method of Kaju Kembo, whatever they practice, to kind of just talk about that. Mm -hmm. That 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 guest that that guest the the yeah. listener asked me which one I think is the best for self-defense. And this was in a private conversation. And my answer was, I really can't, I really can't make that kind of qualification. It's, it would be based off my opinion, which would not really be valid because I can't, if someone is in Kajikembo and they're doing something, something I was taught was to respect other Kajikembo practitioners, no matter what. Exactly. So, like, so even if it's not something that I particularly may personally, right? Some people, like, right. it's, like, it's like ice cream, right? Some people like vanilla, just vanilla. And some people like metropolitans, people like sherbet. And I'm not going to go up to someone eating their ice cream, knock it out of their hand and be like, you suck. 
you you like chocolate what's wrong with you that'd be messed up to do it's like you know so i really i really try to avoid that kind of a thing and i want to say the same thing about the series here too i'm not trying to cross and compare uh, uh methods or approaches to kaja kembo the reason i'm interviewing everyone is because i just want everyone to see uh the differences that there are differences and why there are differences and how and maybe and similarities because i'm sure any kaja kembo person listening to this a lot of the stuff you said they're like uh-huh Yep, that's in our school. That's what we do too, you know. And there's there's always going to be that kind of a moment. And maybe some of you that don't do Kaji Kembo, maybe you're listening for and you do Muay Thai or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or some other style. There might be stuff that we just said. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, we got we got some of that too. And that's mostly what I'm looking at. Is um, is that's true though. No, I I appreciate what you're saying because that that's exactly the way it should be. It should be measured by from one school to another school, but it's the end results that matter. You know, and uh, when it's time to need it, <laughs> that's when it matters. <laughs> so yeah. how you train is how you turn out. Yep, yep. And at the end of the day, that's that's why we're doing this, right? Yeah. Well, I really want to say a big mahalo again. Gracias. Thank you very much, Jim Kinji, for coming out. Sharing, you can say, you can say domo arigato. Uh, yeah, uh, arigato gozaimasu. I love teaching Kaji Kembo. I love watching the kids. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate because, like I say, we've had our school 42 years, and my wife is involved. All four of my kids and my grandkids are involved. Uh, we just came back from a tournament, and one of the guys happened to be standing in the stands, and he was videotaping down. And my granddaughter, Kiyomi Kenji, was working with two lower belts, helping them get ready for their form. And when I saw that, it just it just touched me so much. as oh, there's part of our legacy. It's just... I, I'm looking at a lot of more years of Kenji Scott how, how many how many generations is that? That's uh three from me to my sons to my son's kids. Three generations. Three generations, you know, and uh solid, solid generations. I don't know if you ever seen the video of my, my grandkids fighting, RJ and Kiyomi. Sometimes uh-huh. you look up yeah, yeah. They, uh-huh. they're... <laughs> they're looking good. <laughs> <laughs> And, hey, and they do they do great form. In fact, in the tournament, they both took first place in forms. Uh, RJ took first in fighting. Kiyomi took second in in fighting. She got she was intimidated by this big girl because she's small. But uh, yeah, it's just the the family's down there helping out, teaching all the time. So you know that's one of the things that people like about our school is they come down and go, wow, look at the whole family's involved in teaching. You know, and we'll have twenty five students on the floor. We'll separate them into four people here four people here and work with them separately yeah so it's, it's really nice well congratulations again on on building such a such a great legacy and such such a great family foundation for your school and yeah, I love um it. and all the best in all your future endeavors if oh before we wrap up if anybody is interested in coming to your school where should they go where what, what website would you recommend or page or something KenjiKaju.com. Okay. K-I-N-G-I-K-A-J-U.com. Kenji Kaju. Okay, here we go. So here we're gonna 
let's take a little tour here going to the internet now here we are <clears throat> so i just typed in kinji kaju into google search boom kinji kaju Kemu martial arts it School. is right clicking here and bada bing here we are kinji yeah, kaju Kembo. you can check them out there <clears throat> and it shows your programs your scheduling news and events media gallery contact us you can contact right there you can click right there and of course, yeah. if, if this is all too much for you because you're that lazy and you just want to watch a YouTube video, you can send me a message too and I'll send you the link. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I know some of you all are lazy, but you're going to have to get over that because if you go into kids, you'd be lazy. That's not going to last very long for you. <laughs> uh, that, won't, that won't last past the stretch. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks again. And to my listeners, oh, if you like what you heard, uh, share and like with your friends. And oh, I try I to release about once a month twice a yeah. month sometimes every week but i try to keep about one of these a month so thank you very sure. much let me let me know when it's going to air when you're going to have it out and then uh maybe in the future we can talk about titles oh, grandmasters yeah. professors you know uh these senior grandmasters i mean i see guys that are senior grandmasters that haven't lift their knee up high enough higher than a step <laughs> let alone throw a kick but they they're they're claiming all this and i mean i see him you know 500 pounds and you know only showing pictures of the past uh you know not today not the future what they're doing now you know so i i mean this stuff irritates me so bad when i look on there i go oh my god how's these guys where's the integrity left i mean where's where is it at so this this social jello and angelo podcast is going to end with a cliffhanger all right we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, to be continued we're gonna have we're gonna have him come back and we're gonna go we're gonna go a whole hour on just that topic so there's your there's your to be yeah, continued yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can do that all right brother but uh much love and much appreciation to you <laughs>